Hello and welcome to the Daily Booktopian for Tuesday, April 21. I'm the real Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about reading in the time of isolation and social distancing. Joining me today are Head of Trade Books, Joe Lowen. Hi, Joe. Hey, Mark. And we're also joined by Category Manager for Fiction, Ben Hunter. Hello there. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, ben, we'll throw to you first. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, over the weekend, I've been uh, ruminating over a book called Sorrow and Bliss. Um, the author is Meg Mason. Um, Olivia and I were, were talking a little bit about it last time, how we we're excited to read it. Um, it's it's done my head in. Um, what, so, so what it is, um, is, is a, is a um, contemporary fiction uh, about a um, uh, sort of like a woman who's come of age in, in, in London and she has a twin sister. She has um, parents who are a poet and a sculptor and are a bit um, off the rails and she's herself off the rails and she very badly wants to be on the rails. She, she has this um, kind of un, um, describable, unprescribable mental illness, um, which is this sort of dark cloud that hangs over the whole novel. Um, it's incredibly funny though. <laughs> um, it's, it's one of the wittiest novels I've read in a long time. Like it, it, um, it just, it makes, um, it makes the um, Moriarty just look dry. Um, it's it's razor sharp wit, um, and it's um, very appropriate for young millennial readers. Um, lots of uh, cool jokes about gifts and stuff that aren't done in a like contrite way. Um, so it's hilarious, but it's also really wacky. Um, and it's it's um, you you really <laughs> you really dislike the characters. They're 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 um, they're tricky, um, complicated people who who hurt each other and, and, and don't love themselves. Um, so it's, it's, it's really done a number on me, um, but it's great. Um, that's what good books do. They, 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 they do your head in. This one, I read this one as well, Ben. Oh, great. I read this one. Um, I read this one a couple of months ago and um, like you, it absolutely did my head in. It made me question every relationship I've ever had. Um, the main character <laughs> oh. is, so while you're you're rooting for her through the whole book, you're also like she's just the most selfish person I've ever heard of. Um, yeah. You know the way the way her um, her behaviour, even though obviously she's racked by this mental illness, her behaviour just impacts on everybody in everybody that she touches. She's so sort of um, she's so sort of toxic through the whole yes. book. Um, and while you feel terribly terribly sorry for her you feel terribly sorry for everybody else um around her which um in a book that you've just described as hilarious uh these these things don't seem like they are um they are two properties that would sit together in a book but they absolutely do i can't stop i've been gardening in isolation and i can't stop using the phrase that um her partner uses about their allotment that um, they're very soon to be self-sufficient in the area of lettuce. Yes. Um, I can't stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my favourite little catchphrase yeah. um, because I am I am soon to be self-sufficient in the area of baby spinach. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's hilarious and warm and um, 
touching while also being absolutely devastating. And infuriating. <laughs> and infuriating. You're just like, just go back to the doctor woman. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And but yeah, the, the, they're so unhappy in their condition, um, and yet they're selfishly um, drawn to it. Both her and yes. um, this guy. I'm not going to spoil it by saying she marries, um, because oh, I already spoiled it that way. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it, it's no, no. It's not a spoiler. They, it, it's the whole book, pretty much. Um, yeah. It's his. He wallows in it. And he is attracted he to the 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 kind of hero sort of character he'll be um, in that. And you know, I, like he's the you know as a as a male reading this book, it's he's the character I identify with, um, and I hate him, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> Great book. Yeah, he's so long. He's so long suffering, and yet he helps in the short term, but in the long term, does he really help? No, he has or is no he an enabler? Yeah. So, so would you guys classify this as a humorous novel, or is the humor kind of a secondary effect of what the author's doing? It's hilarious. I would classify this novel as an unclassifiable novel. <laughs> it is hilarious. It's one of the funniest things I've read this year, um, and I've read some very funny mm. things. Um, but it's also devastating. It's sorrow and bliss. You know, it's yin and yang. Awesome. I have not read. I haven't read a book that's made me laugh out loud in a very long time. So that sounds like a pretty strong recommendation there. Mm. Would recommend. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, completely bleak. You want? What about you, Joe? What have you brought for us uh, this week? Um, I have been reading um, uh, an upcoming novel by um, literary darling, Australian literary darling, Robbie Arnott. It's called The Rain Heron. Um, I'm only a few pages in, um, but I'm really, really excited because I absolutely loved his uh, previous novel, Flames. Um, so I'm expecting a lot. Um, so far, it seems, I can't tell you a lot about it because I've only just started, but it seems like it's almost post-apocalyptic there's a woman who's kind of eking out an existence on a mountain on her own, um, separated from society like all of us are at the moment. Um, we don't know why she's there. We don't know where we are in space or time, um, but it's very mysterious. So the, um, the, the book starts off with this, ep this prologue that's a, um, almost like a, um, a fable of um, a heron that brings rain, that can bring rain or that can withhold rain in a rural community. We don't seem to be, the, the beginning of the actual story doesn't seem to connect to that fable yet in any way. So um, knowing how crazy and mystical and wild Flames was, um, I can't wait to find out what's going to happen and how these stories are going to intersect, um, if at all they do intersect. Um, but, yeah, for, uh, promises to be a really fascinating read. Awesome. Uh, I can't wait to um, I can't wait to hear what you think of it um, when you're done. That sounds really interesting. And um, and I know that I'm now actually going to talk about the same book for the third time, uh, <laughs> but it is a biggie. David Mitchell, Utopia Avenue, 
finally finished it. It's a bit of a monster, so I think I can be forgiven for still being reading that book like three weeks in a row. Um, and I, can, I think I can say without without spoiling anything plot-wise, I was wondering over the last couple of weeks, because it is like a, a rock and roll um, story about the 60s and, you know, it's pretty straight up and down for David Mitchell, I can confirm that right, right, right at the end of the book, there is a chapter where he goes full David Mitchell. Yes. So, you know, oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. It's only a little snippet, but you're waiting for it the whole book saying, is he going to go full David Mitchell? Right there at the end, he goes full David Mitchell. Amazing. Oh, good. I can't wait to get yeah. my hands on that. Yeah. So if anyone who's listening out there didn't read, didn't listen to that, the previous podcasts and uh, isn't familiar with David Mitchell, um, he has uh, a propensity to the fantastical. He's very um, almost like a Neil Gaiman style uh, magic realism in urban settings. Um, but his books generally are completely wild and fantastical. And this book um, is very, very different for the most part. It's mostly just a, a rollicking tale of this um, group of four people forming a band in the 60s in, in London. Um, so I guess you kind of, if you've read David Mitchell before, you're waiting through the whole book to, you know, when does the fantasy start? Um, and it doesn't disappoint. It is in there. It's only short of a chapter or two, but it's there. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I, I cannot wait to read that. That's, uh, that sounds like an awesome book. It is. It is. It's really fantastic. It's a really, um, a really fun ride. So on this podcast, we also like to talk about the things that are bringing us joy in this time of isolation. Um, have either of you uh, encountered something joyful over the past uh, few days since we've spoken? Bananagrams. <laughs> have, have either of you played Bananagrams? Nope. No. Okay. So Bananagrams is excellent. Um, it's like it's like the card game Uno meets Scrabble. It's it comes in this little pouch that you can just like put in a backpack and take wherever. Put in your handbag, put in your tote bag, take it to the library, take it to the shops, um, or just stay at home as I've been doing. Um, and you, it comes in a it's it, the bag is shaped like a banana, which is already great. Um, and it's just like it's like Scrabble. It's just a bunch of tiles, um, and then um, you like you don't take turns, you don't write anything down, you just like make words. And when you run out of tiles, you go peel and everyone has to take a tile and then you can go stump and then you can get more tiles if your tile is bad. And then when you win, you call like uh, bananagrams and then the person has to like check your work. And if you've misspelled something or used a word that's not allowed, they can go rotten bananas and then you're out. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super fun. Yeah, I love it. What we have you? been playing a lot of Scrabble here in our in our house, and it's um it's really great to see that my eleven year old, um, even when we don't give him pointers, he's really bloody solid. He really um he really gives it a red hot go. He's got the he's got the knack. Um, he's using the double word and triple word scores, and he's doing um he's really showing us some pretty good vocabulary, which you know. Uh, that's as good as we're going to get on the homeschooling, I think, at the moment. <laughs> Look at you guys with your with your fancy word games. At, at our house, we've been playing a game called Throw Throw Burrito, uh, which is like just a game that has like these squishy burritos that you throw at each other, basically, when you get a certain card. It's, uh, yeah, 
you don't need sounds to erudite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you have anything else that was bringing you joy joe aside from uh, scrabble uh i do and that would be uh the the new season of lego masters um oh. so it was amazing to see just about every other parent that i know um on social media last night sitting down um and watching the first episode of the new Lego Masters series, um, my son was so inspired. Like they announced what the um, what the next challenge was going to be on the next episode, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to do that." And so this morning, as we were on our little um, morning Zoom catch up, everyone was commenting on what is all that noise at Joe's house. I said, "That is my son." <laughs> um, digging through an enormous tub of Lego because he wants to create a completely new Star Wars vehicle out of Lego. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so he's been coming in all morning and showing us his progress and he's just, it's um, it's really reinvigorated his love of Lego, which is great. It's a perfect time for him to be playing with Lego. Um, and he's doing lots of really creative stuff rather than just um you know, building what's on the what's on the packet. He's taking all his loose Lego and coming up with lots of new ideas, which is really great. Oh, that's awesome! My um, my nine year old daughter is really into Lego Masters as well, um, and she yeah. had a little bit of birthday money left over from her birthday a couple of months back. And so after watching the show, she um, ordered uh, uh, Hagrid's uh, Hagrid's hut, the Harry Potter Lego set uh, online, and is gonna cool. get that uh, get that all built really soon. So yeah. Awesome. So we also like to uh, give a bit of a shout out to an Australian author before we wrap things up. Uh, ben, who would we like to shout out to today? I have one. Um, again, this is this is up for pre-order on Booktopia. It's not out until September, um, but it's probably really high on my next to read list. Um, the author is Madeline Ryan. It's a novel called A Room Called Earth. Um, it's a neurodivergent author so a person with autism uh and she has written a love story and i met her really briefly she's a fascinating person she did not get diagnosed as autistic until very late in life um when she was already writing this novel um so this is this is a story of autism which did not begin as a story of autism um and apparently it's a bloody good novel um so that's that's next for me to read madeline ryan of room called earth awesome thanks so much for that ben and um thank you to both you and to joe for joining us today on the daily booktopian it's been and, a pleasure and uh, you can listen to all of our episodes for free on soundcloud and itunes uh, we'll be back the same time tomorrow with another episode of the Daily Booktopian. Until then, keep reading and please stay safe. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.